Shabbos Dav Zayin. We're continuing with the Brisa that describes the four domains, the four Rishuyais, Rishu Sarav, Rishu Sayachet, Karmelis, and Mokam Tur. While describing a Karmelis, the Brisa brings an example of a Bika. A Bika is a valley, a large field. So we're saying that a Bika is a Karmelis, but on the other hand, the Mishnah tells us that a Bika is considered Rishu Sayachet three out of four times. And the other time it's considered Rishu Sarav. In other words, in the summer, we consider it Rishu Sayachet if somebody carries from a Bika into Rishu Sarav, Mishayev. And in the winter, if somebody carries from there, Yitzchayev. And when it comes to Tumah, a Bika is considered a Rosh Hashayachid, but in the summer, it's considered a Rosh Hashayachid. What does that mean? Tumah has a special halacha that if you have a Suffolk Tumah, you have a doubt whether this thing is Tumah, you are Tumah, you look at where you are. If you're in Rosh Hashayachid, you are Tahar. If you're in Rosh Hashayachid, you are Tumah. And why is that? Because we learn from a Saita. Saita, a woman who's secluded with another man, there are no other people there. So if it's in Rosh Hashayachid, there are people, and therefore you are tar. So in this case, only in this case, in the summer, there are some people that go off the beaten path, and they go into the field, and therefore it's not considered Rosh for Tumah, it's rather considered Rosh The question remains though, we're calling this Bika Rosh sometimes it's Rosh but never do we call a Bika a Karmelis. So why does the Brides call a Bika a Karmelis? The Gemara brings two answers. Ula says, in fact it is a Karmelis. Just in regarding Tuma, there's a Rosh Hashayachid and Rosh Hashayachid. And that's why we call it a Rosh Hashayachid versus a Rosh Hashayachid. But halachically, it's actually a Karmelis. Ravashi doesn't like that answer because it says specifically it's a Rosh Hashayachid. says Ravashi because we're discussing a specific case of a very large field that's enclosed with a fence. And that creates a Rosh Hashayachid, the Iraisa. However, mid Rabbanon, you're not allowed to walk in that Rosh Hashayachid for Amis because it's very similar to a Rosh Hashayachid. While describing this Karmelis, there's three cases, plus a Karmelis. In other words, the Bryce says, Yam, see, a Bika, a valley, Istavanis, benches, Vik Karmelis. But we are describing Karmelis. So what does this extra word Vik Karmelis come to tell us? A special case of Karen Zavas Berushasarabim. If there are houses lined up on the Berushasarabim, and one of the houses is set back. Now, people could actually from, go from the Berushasarabim into that setback, but they don't. They don't like using that. Therefore, that area is not considered Rosh Hashanah, but rather it's considered a Karmelis. Rabbi Aaron says, in those days, in the middle of the highway, they would have a pillar, and people would hang their goods on it to sell. Says Rabbi Aaron, the area of these Amudim, these pillars, is considered a Karmelis. It's difficult to maneuver between them. You could, but you don't. Says Rabbi Yehuda, the benches that are in front of these pillars, they are considered a Karmelis. Meaning, that the beams are not a Karmelis, because you could maneuver if you want to, but you cannot drive over a bench. But Rabbi Yehudah says that the pillars are a Karmelis, certainly he would agree that the benches are a Karmelis. The Gemara discusses a case where a person takes a sticky object, like a wet fig, or silly putty, whatever it is, and he throws it for Amas in Rosh Hashanah, and it lands on a wall. He is Chayev because... He transferred an object for Amos. Now, if it lands on top of the wall, on top of this Mokim you have like a stone in the middle of Rishul Sarabim. How do we view any object in the middle of Rishul Sarabim? Could it cancel the Rishul Sarabim? Says the Gemara, if this stone is three Tvachim by three Tvachim, and three Tvachim high, then it becomes a Mokim And if the fig lands on top of this object, this stone, then he's Potter. If it lands on the side of the object, of the stone, then he's Chayev. 
because it's considered as if it landed on Rishus Rabbim, whereas if it landed on top, it landed on a Mokim Ptur, and he's potter. Now, what about thorns that are less than three Tvachim? People don't like to step on thorns. Does it cancel out Rishus Rabbim? It's Machlaikas in the Gemara. What about waste? No one wants to step on dog waste. So the Gemara is considered by most as a Mokim Ptur. However, Ravashi says, you can't start Canceling out Rishus Rabbah when you feel like and say this item is cance- cancels it, this doesn't, and therefore he says anything that's less than three tefachim high is bottled to the Rishus Rabbim, is part of Rishus Rabbim, and it doesn't cancel, doesn't become a mocking tour. The Gemara says when Chachamim invented the concept called Carmelis, they took the best halacha from Rishus Hayachid and the most kula halacha from Rishus Rabbim. And they brought in the Carmelists. And they said, just like Rosh Hashayachid, there's a special halacha that in order to be Rosh Hashayachid, you have to be at least four Tvachim. So too, a Carmelist must be at least four Tvachim. Anything less than four Tvachim is still considered a Makam Tur. And just like in Rosh Hashayachid, it only extends Rosh Hashayachid up to ten Tvachim. Anything above ten Tvachim is a Makam Tur. So too in a Carmelist, anything above ten Tvachim is a Makam Tur. However, Rosh Hashayachid, we know, can extend all the way to the sky. You have a, a giant pole. On top of that pole, it could be a hundred Tvachim, will still be considered a Rishos HaYachid. Gemara brings an interesting case. A person has a house, some might call it a dog house, very short, only three feet tall, let's say, less than ten Tvachim. But the exterior walls actually are ten Tvachim, because if you count the roof and everything, you have ten Tvachim. Inside that house, everything is a Karmelis. Above the house, it's all a Rishos HaYachid, because you have four by four Tvachim, and you have lower walls, and we use a concept called good asik mechitzta. The walls on the side extend halachically upwards and create a wall that is ten tfachim tall. Now what happened if that person decided he would like to use the house, and he would like to dig down into the ground and create more than ten tfachim height in the center of the house. But the side of the house, the side of the room, is less than ten tfachim. It says the Gemara, the entire house turns into Rosh Hashayachid because of the concept called the holes in Rosh Hashayachid are like Rosh Hashayachid. The shelves that are in the walls of Rosh Hashayachid have halacha of Rosh Hashayachid. So anything that's less than 10 Tfachim is considered a shelf and therefore has halacha of Rosh Hashayachid. What about shelves in Rosh Hashayachid? You build a wall to separate Rosh Hashayachid and Rosh Hashayachid and there's a shelf in the wall. What halacha does that have? According to Abaya, it's considered a Rosh Hashayachid. Why? Because people benefit from it. They like to use that shelf. According to Rava, it's not like a Rishus Rabbim. And Rava asks Abaya, didn't we just say before that Karen Zavis and Rishus Rabbim, when there's a setback to a house that's considered a Carmelis and not a Rishus Rabbim? Says Abaya, in that case, no one likes to use that setback. But shelves, everybody wants to use a shelf, and therefore it has a lacha of a Rishus Rabbim. Now, going back to that case where somebody threw a sticky object on a wall, we're talking about a case where there's no hole in the wall. Because if there's holes in the wall, then even if you threw it above ten tvachim, it should be considered a Rishul And if you might tell me, well, it's not considered a because it doesn't have four by four at that hole. Well, there's a concept called Chagikim. And we go according to Remeir. Remeir says that anytime you have a hole that's less than four by four, I halachically carve out a four by four area. Have a wonderful day.